Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the CAV Sports Podcast. It's your host with the most, Chris. How are you guys doing? I'm doing fantastic. I had a pretty interesting week with whatever is going on in the world right now of sports, you know, and I'm ready to get down and let's talk about it. So first up, I just wanted to uh, kind of bring this up. This did happen. It was breaking news about maybe like half an hour ago. So it has been reported that the Basketball Hall of Fame have found their inductees, which is Dirk Nowitzki, Dwayne Wade, Tony Parker, Greg Popovich, and Becky Hammond. Congratulations to you guys for getting selected to go to the Hall of Fame. A lot of these people did especially deserve this opportunity to get into the Hall of Fame. You know, Greg Popovich already comes to mind. He was going to be a Hall of Famer for sure. Dwayne Wade, Dirk Nowitzki, Tony Parker, Becky, all of those people. I'm so happy that they are going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. It's going to be absolutely awesome for them. If any of you have seen, you know, Dirk Nowitzki and Dwayne Wade and Tony Parker play, you guys saw like they were like incredible players. I believe Tony Parker at one point, he like led the NBA um, by taking layups or driving to the driving down the lane to the hoop. Not a very tall guy. That's a very like crazy thing as people forget. I mean, above six foot two is probably tall, but you guys get what I mean by NBA standards. You know, you have to be like really, really tall to be able to do that and strong. But he was, you know, taking it to the hole every opportunity he could. And he was a decent shooter. There was times where he shot big clutch games and made it. So congratulations to him, Dwayne Wade. Everybody knows who Dwayne Wade is. He's basically the picture of the Heat. When you think of the Miami Heat, probably one of the first people that pops up is Dwayne Wade. And he was part of that crazy trio with him lebron and chris bosh but dirk Nowitzki was the player that shut that whole situation down i'm a big fan of dirk and he also just changed the game for big men you know especially when he came in in the early 2000s and 1999 somewhere around there you know he was a bigger guy you know he's a little lanky a lot of people saw him as trying to be a dominant you know force in the paint but that was really wasn't him he you know shot threes i believe he's like on the one of the, he's like on the top for scoring congratulations to Dirk Nowitzki on that as well and I mean he just changed the game for everybody and then Greg Popovich he's gonna go down as probably one of the best coaches of all time you know he got to coach Manu Tony Timmy all of those great players Team USA you know he's got the accolades so congratulations to him as well so congratulations to those to those people getting elected and going to the NBA Hall of Fame now we're down to business Lamar Jackson's story is just getting crazier and crazier and crazier. I swear, if MTV just bought the rights to Lamar Jackson's whole situation, that'd be money on their table right there. They would make so much money because it was reported from source Lamar Jackson tweeting that he requested a trade March 2nd while the Baltimore Ravens released on March 7th that they are uh, placing the non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar now I don't know what happened in translation I'm not really sure you know what went about this whole thing you know and kind of what happened with the Baltimore Ravens and kind of I don't know about I, I would I would probably go as far as lying to people because they were making the impression that they were working out a deal with Lamar Jackson when in reality that wasn't really what was going on they were they already knew that he requested a trade but he was telling media you know, the organization was telling the media and like their fans that they're working something out, that the non-suicide franchise tag is there. So he has it in case they don't reach a deal and he can always sign that. That thing is always available for him. And kind of just going about it that route was 
kind of a little bit of a shady deal after come after Lamar Jackson came out and stated that he requested the trade on March 2nd compare you know and then obviously five days later they put the franchise tag on him the non-exclusive tag and now we're all hearing about it on March 28th of today of this recording and to me it's just crazy to think that you know the Baltimore Ravens went about this route and told everyone they're working on a deal with Lamar. I guess they're still optimistic they can work something out. That's what the non-exclusive franchise tag is there for. But it's clear that Lamar Jackson probably doesn't want to be there anymore. You can just tell he probably doesn't want to be there. You know, he said that the offer that they made him did not, that he felt that did not fit what he is worth to the organization. So he said no and requested the trade. Now, it was reported that, you know, Last year, he got a three-year offer for $130 million guaranteed, and obviously that's not what he wants. He clearly wants the Sean Watson money. We can all clearly see it. And now with him making, you know, tweeting everything out about what's going on and what happened, I think it's a little more evident now that Lamar Jackson does want, you know, all that guaranteed money like the Sean Watson. But, you know, we, it's going to be hard. It just is because not every organization is going to be as stupid as the Browns for what they did and how much money they guaranteed Deshaun Watson to bring him into the organization and at that time no one even knew if Deshaun was gonna play you know because of all the stuff he had off the field you know the whole uh spa masseuse thing and the whole civil cases criminal charges that were coming up around all that stuff and the Browns still gave him that big of a deal and it's just mind-boggling because Lamar Jackson doesn't have that you know off he doesn't have any off the field problems he's a leader in the locker room and he deserves it i want to go on the record right now and say this i do think lamar jackson does deserve at least either deshaun watson or close to deshaun considering like how much he's done for the organization coming back you know coming back betting on himself last season and he got hurt and doesn't have that guaranteed money to fall back on and then seeing players like daniel jones who is not as good as lamar jackson if it was between daniel jones or lamar jackson i would go lamar jackson 10 out of 10 times and he just got a deal with worth about 45 million dollars with the giants and he's not even their best player and that's the crazier part now however with that being said as i stated he should get his money he really should but kind of looking at what's going on and how the ravens and lamar went about this who has power is probably my biggest question out of everything that's happened it's going to be the Ravens. I think the Baltimore Ravens have the power right now. Even though everyone does, believes he deserves that money, the Baltimore Ravens have power as of right now after everything that came about. Here's why. The Ravens put the non-exclusive franchise tag. What that means is Lamar Jackson this season would get $32 million if he plays for the Baltimore Ravens, and he is allowed to talk to other teams to try to get a different deal if they can complete the trade. However... The demands for the Baltimore Ravens to acquire Lamar Jackson is two first-round picks, and they have to make the compensation pay. They have to work out the deal. However, the Ravens can come back and match the offer that another team is offering. So let's say, for example, someone is offering about, let's say, 160 uh, for four years, uh, you know, guaranteed, whatever. Let's go, let's say something like that. Or actually, let's do like like Daniel Jones. He got about three years, 45 million a year, and something in guarantees. If someone comes about, you know, say a team says, I'll give Lamar Jackson that kind of money, and Lamar wants that, the Baltimore Ravens can always come back and say, you know what, if you're going to take that kind of a deal with that team, we're going to match it. And now, you, now, now he kind of can't go back and say, well, I still want more money. 
and even though he was about to make a deal with another team and accept less money. So the Ravens can always come back and sign Lamar Jackson to a specific deal that if they feel like that is more doable for the organization and the salary cap. So that's that's power right there. They own Lamar Jackson in a sense of if anyone wants him, they're going to have to give up a lot of money or run the risk that the Baltimore Ravens can always come back and sign him to the exact same deal and they don't get anything at all. And they just wasted time trying to get Lamar Jackson. So that's what I mean by the Baltimore Ravens organization having power right now. Because of him requesting the trade, and teams are probably going to look to try to get him, but the price is what's killing Lamar Jackson right now. It's how much money he wants is, I think, is what reflect is what's going on with the commission, with the owners of other organizations that may want Lamar, but do they want to give him the Des- Deshaun Watson money? And are are they willing to abide by these, you know, what the demands are for the Baltimore Ravens? Because in my opinion, yes, Lamar Jackson is worth two first-round picks. He's a franchise quarterback. He's probably one of the most electric quarterbacks in the league right now. He's pro- If you probably told someone NFL, he's probably going to be one of the first players that comes to people's head aside of maybe Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be Lamar Jackson. He's a, you know, he's a face of, of the NFL. To you know, Aside of Patrick Mahomes, you're going to think Lamar Jackson. So that's kind of a player you want, and he's a locker room leader. He doesn't have any off-field problems. That's what that's what we're getting at is like he should he would be worth two first round picks. Now the payment on the other hand is I think what's stopping a lot of organizations from going about that. They have to find a way to, you know, make it team friendly and go about it that way. That's not what Lamar Jackson wants. He wants a lot of guaranteed money. But I think what the problem is, is and this is why in the last episode I said he needs an agent so they can kind of at least work some sort of common ground here, is that's the problem. He doesn't want just to settle for a small contract he wants these you know all this guaranteed money and go about it that route and that's a problem because we've seen what happens if you give a player a lot of money you can't bring back a lot of players a good example is what happened in green bay when they gave aaron Rodgers 150 million dollars to come back from playing uh instead of retiring and going to host jeopardy and guess what they couldn't keep Devonte adams and Devonte adams ended up walking out instead of trying to restructure a deal and kind of what this reminds me of is the whole Dak Prescott situation when he wanted, you know, his big contract. He didn't get top paid money, but he got top five and he was able to work a deal around with the Cowboys to at least keep him for a couple, you know, for a few more years and he gets paid. The problem with what happened with Dak, though, was that they paid Ezekiel Elliott first, which was probably not a good move. They paid Amari Cooper and then they paid him and they had no money to work with. The Ravens paid Roquan Smith a lot of money to stay and now they're trying to figure out something with Lamar. In my opinion, Lamar Jackson should have at least gotten a better deal than Roquan Smith. Or if they had that deal for Smith, they should have had it for Lamar Jackson. Now, that's going to be the issue for these other teams. I know they had a commission, uh, I believe a commissioner and an owner's meeting yesterday, I believe. And they were trying to figure this out. And now with these organizations kind of talking about it and kind of more into this power struggle that they have. But now the Ravens just won the power struggle. That's going to be their biggest thing is if they're going to want to pay that top dollar to anyone. And another thing with this is that with the Baltimore Ravens sticking to their guts and I mean, they're going to take their pride to the grave no matter what. If they want to pay Lamar Jackson or not, they're the ones that have to deal with the consequences and they're willing to accept that. But now they just showed all of the owners of other organizations that they do not need to bow down to quarterbacks asking for a lot of money. If they feel like they should pay them a certain amount, then go about it that way. And kind of what that's what the Ravens are doing. 
they don't feel like if they give Lamar Jackson a lot of money, he's, you know, they're going to run out and they're not going to be able to bring in more players because they want to make him happy. And I think that now teams see that they did that and they stood their ground instead of caving in and giving him 230, $250 million in guaranteed money here. And because I believe that's where they said the difference was they're about $100 million off from last year's deal, which was three years, 130 and he wanted about $100 million more in guaranteed money. Now that the Ravens did not get, you know, did not cave in and give him, give in to his demands, now organizations are going to see that and say, you know what, we do not have to give in to those kind of demands either. And I think now with this, the organizations in the NFL are going to try to, you know, refix the NFL, you know, uh, glass ceiling that they that these players have now put themselves in and what the Browns have done because now a lot of top play quarterbacks especially are going to want that top dollar money they're going to see who's getting paid and go about it that route I know Kyler Murray was another good example of when they when the or the Cardinals organization caved in after he not really threatened but he kind of like you know, kind of did a sly thing and said, you know what, I'm going to take off all the pictures off social media. I'm going to unfollow you. I may not go to, you know, training camp. He went about that route and got his money. And look what happened. He didn't even finish the season. And I believe he got hurt and didn't play. And then they had to put in his contract that he needed to study film, which is even more embarrassing. So, you know, they're going to try to restructure what's going on in the QB market. And I think that's what uh, the Baltimore Ravens are trying to do. This, I think that they want to give him a deal, but they don't want to give him something that's going to break the bank and then that's going to hurt them in the end. Now, whether that's a smart move or not, I don't think so. Because Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, is probably going to be worth it in the end, you know, to have that kind of money. But I also do see, like, okay, business-wise, is this smart? Because we, we still need to bring in players that want to come in and play with Lamar, and they're not all going to take a hometown discount. Not all of them are going to say, you know what, I'll take a pay cut because I'm playing with Lamar Jackson. That's not true for everybody, and it's not going to be in the foreseeable future, especially if they're already paying you know, Roquan Smith money, and then if Hamilton, the safety, if he does good, they're probably going to want to pay him. If, what's the wide receiver's name? Rashad Bateman, if he ends up exploding to be a top number one quarter uh, wide receiver, they're going to have to pay him somehow. Maybe J.K. Dobbins if he has an, if he has another explosive season. That's the kind of trick. I think the trickling effect that that's what's happening with the Baltimore Ravens and what they're kind of thinking about, and that's why they're trying to go about this kind of in a conservative way and trying to get Lamar to do that. Now, as I stated, if Lamar Jackson would have just hired an agent in the beginning and not said I want to save money, I think they would have been able to find a little more common ground, like maybe 150 million guaranteed, 160, kind of close to top five, you know, something like that, and go about it that way. I think that would have been a little bit of a smarter route, but he wants all that guaranteed money, and I think that's what's going to get him, you know, not as recruited by these other teams. Along with, he doesn't have an NFL uh, PA approved uh, person to talk to these teams, so now he has to do that all by himself, which is even a bigger hassle. If anybody out there has ever like needed an agent or a manager or someone out there to kind of help you kind of figure out your route through this you know jungle of the of the pros, you you would probably understand that yeah, having an agent that knows how to navigate through this giant forest of you know deals, sponsorships, and contract negotiations like something like this, this would definitely help because they're the middleman. You don't have to try to go do it, and they could probably talk a little sense and say hey. I get you you should you should get a lot of money, but we got to keep things realistic here. And I think that's what's becoming the now we're seeing how evident 
that he needs an agent at this point. And hopefully if he does get a contract, and I really hope he does, he gets some sort of deal, he hires an agent, so that way he never has to go through this again. Because this is just exhausting for everybody. You know, not even just people talking about it like me, but I'm sure on Lamar's end, trying to figure out a deal and just saying, you know what, I want to trade. And no one has really, like, called about it. I know there were some teams that were thinking about trading for him, but they're not sure. Because, like I said, the Ravens have power. You have to give up two first-round picks along with you have to make an offer for Lamar and pay him. And we can always come back and match it. The minute I believe the minute they hear that that a team wants to give uh, Lamar Jackson a contract and it's a little cheaper or they feel like it's within their realm of what they can work with, they're going to come in and get it. And I believe that's exactly what they're hoping for at this point. I know they talked to Harbaugh about it and say, I love, he said, I love Lamar. I hope he comes back. I hope we can work something out with him. But if not, you know, he's a great player. And I think that Harbaugh's mentally getting ready for that. And I believe that he's trying to like, you know, think of how he's going to go about this if Lamar doesn't play. Now, as of this recording, put this on your calendars, 111 days. In 111 days, Lamar Jackson either has to play under the franchise tag or he holds out. And, you know, hopefully either someone has to make a trade for him, sign either and play or either sign a, a contract with another team or get traded play under the exclusive franchise tag for this season or not play. Those are going to be his three options going into 100, 111 days from now because I believe by then they have to make a decision and then go about it that way because that's kind of around close to training camp time. And they have to report if you are going to play for the organization, you have to report. Now, will Lamar Jackson hold out? I don't know. I think if no teams absolutely make any offers, then I believe he will. Because then he's going to say, no, I still want to trade. I don't want to come back because when I, you know, he bet on himself last season, he got hurt again. I believe the season prior, he got hurt again. So he doesn't want to risk his health. So I think he will sit out the season if he absolutely has to. But that's just going to hurt him in the end. Because teams aren't going to say, well, he hasn't played football in a season. You know, all this stuff. And who knows what's, you know, who knows what can happen to him. So... If he doesn't play, I think it's going to hurt him in the long run, and it's going to hurt him in his contract negotiations going forward. But the exclusive franchise tag will be done, and he can go about it free agency all he wants. But right now, the Baltimore Ravens, just they just have Lamar Jackson in a box right now because they he has to wait for a trade to come in. Who will give him? Who will give up for two first round picks? Or I mean, maybe if you're an organization, you can work around it. You know, maybe a first, a second, a third, and maybe a, another player. I think maybe they can go about it that route and see see what they can work to get Lamar Jackson. But like I said, they still have to make Lamar Jackson an offer and a contract that he would like and go and see if he even he wants it. It's just that's what I mean by the Ravens having power at this point because all the things that they got to do to get Lamar. Is not going to be easy. He is available, but he's not free. That's the one big problem. He's available, but he's not free. So organizations do have to keep that in mind going forward about this whole Lamar Jackson situation. Now, hey everybody, I just want to take a real quick pause from the podcast to introduce our first sponsor, One Guy from Italy on University. One Guy from Italy on University is a local Lubbock restaurant located right next to Texas Tech University. They have some of the best food in town. I know personally, I go order. The house calzone is my favorite. And also, they have been voted to have the best calzones in Texas. 
So if you're ever in Lubbock, Texas, make sure you guys stop by One Guy from Italy on University, and thank you guys for being our first sponsor of the podcast. Now, let's get back to the episode. Continuing with Lamar Jackson, what teams do I think should get? I got three teams I believe that they should go get them. What are the surprising ones? The New England Patriots. What? Here's why. At the commissioner and owners meeting that they had, I believe somebody asked uh, Robert Kraft if they should go get Lamar Jackson. He's not opposing it, but it's not his decision. It's Bill Belichick's. Now, if they brought in Lamar, I think that the Patriots would, their game would be elevated because now they have a dynamic player that they can revolve around who is proven to be a great passer and a great runner. All they would really have to do is try to get them weapons a wide receiver. They already have tight ends on, you know, on deck. They have Mike Kosicki and Hunter Henry coming in. I believe they got Juju Smith. Uh, Stevenson can always come back for running back, and they can go about it that way. But they would have a great quarterback to work with. And because of like what, what happened this last season with uh, Patricia running the offense, Bailey Zappi possibly starting, Mac Jones possibly starting, it was a real flip-flop of a season for the New England Patriots. Bringing in Lamar and having a certified quarterback would hunt, help them 100%, especially since their division is getting harder and harder every year. Josh Allen's probably not going anywhere anytime soon. The Jets, who knows if they're going to get Aaron Rodgers, but they just got most of the Green Bay Packers offense on their team. The Miami Dolphins are bringing back Tua. They picked up his fifth-year option, and they're and they still made playoffs. I believe they still made the playoffs without Tua when he was concussed twice. The, the division's not getting any easier, and they don't have Tom Brady anymore. So if they want to at least compete in their division, I think Lamar Jackson coming in would definitely help. Now, I do agree with Robert Kraft. It is going to be up to Bill Belichick at the end of the day because I believe he's the one that kind of handles the football operations and stuff like that in New England. It's going to depend on him and if they're willing to pay him money and if he wants to give up two first-round picks. I believe this year they have a little bit of a later pick, so they may not be able to, you know... Who knows if Baltimore can probably go get another quarterback. I highly doubt it because all the top four or really top two quarterbacks going in. The other two are kind of just fillers, but they're not going to be able to get a quarterback. But it seems like the Ravens are like set on Tyler Huntley starting and they're OK with it. So if the Patriots do, however, want us at least compete in their division and in the AFC, I, I would think about getting Lamar Jackson. Because like I said, just your division alone, the Bills... The Jets are a whole lot better. They're just a quarterback away from figuring it out. And Miami's not bad either. And that's not even including you got Patrick Mahomes to deal with uh, coming in from his division. I believe uh, Joe Burrow, another good example. He's not going anywhere. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. And maybe the Broncos, if Sean Payton can fix what happened last season, like the AFC is just getting tougher and tougher. If you sit on it and don't get kind of an offensive game plan going, you're going to have a problem. And that's exactly what you don't want if you're the New England Patriots, especially since they were so dominant for over two decades. And, you know, not having Tom Brady and kind of struggling without him after these last three seasons is kind of where we're seeing the problem. And if they want to at least compete in their division in the AFC, go get Lamar. Go get Lamar Jackson. He'll help out. And then, you know, figure it out from there if you guys need to get, you know, more weapons for him to use. Or if you maybe need to go get go to the draft if you want to try to mess mess around and try to get a prior wide receiver in the late rounds. It hopefully develops great. But you have two good tight ends. Stevenson wasn't a bad running back. I think he was I thought he was pretty good last season. And then Juju Smith coming in from the from the Chiefs. You have you have something set up and bringing in Lamar would just help out in the long run. Just like I said, what the contract is going to be the biggest thing. 
going, you know, going forward and seeing if Bill Belichick wants to give up a lot of money and Robert Kraft want to pay him, then go about it from there. But I think the Patriots should get him. That's going to be probably a good landing spot. And then what to do with Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi? I mean, that's going to be up to Belichick, but I don't know. Patriots fans, Lamar Jackson or Mac Jones? Eh, I probably still go with I go with Lamar Jackson. I'm sorry, but I I would go with Lamar Jackson. The next team, the Washington Commanders. Now, this one's not really a shocker because they only got two quarterbacks, which is Sam Howell, who only played one game, and Jacoby Brissett. Sam Howell, I don't believe, is going to be you know a starting quarterback yet. If they want to you know keep him and develop him, go for it. But Jacoby Brissett, I don't believe, is a starting quarterback. He's a great backup. He'll come in and you know help the team out as much as he can. But he's going, you know, he's coming in to be the starter, at least uh, to my knowledge. I don't think there's been any reports that they want to try to go get you know a top five pick to try to go get a uh, try to go get one of the quarterbacks coming in. And I know that they're they're in the market for one. So I don't think that that'd be a bad idea for the Commanders because especially since they released Carson Wentz and Taylor Heineke is gone. So that's, I mean, that's a recipe for it. They have the weapons. They have uh, Gibson at running back, Scary Terry, Curtis Samuel. You name it. They have a good offense. They just don't have a good quarterback. And then their defense, their top, their front five is already dominant. They have, you know, they can work around that. And just Lamar Jackson coming in, like I said, he will elevate the offense. It kind of opens up more stuff for Ron Rivera and the offense. So with that, I think the commanders will be another great spot for Lamar. Just a question of if he's going to pay. Now, my last team that I think maybe should tr think about getting Lamar Jackson. The New York Jets. What? Now, here's why. Who knows what's going on with the Jets and Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay, and it, he's getting traded, he's not. We're working on money. We're not working on money. We're not communicating. Whatever the story is with Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, it wouldn't be a good fall safe if you need to go get a quarterback right now. I think keeping him like in arm's reach in case nothing happens with Aaron Rodgers. Because, I mean, in my opinion, this has dragged on for far too long with Aaron Rodgers. Lamar Jackson wants to get traded now. They, the, I believe, I'm sorry, the Baltimore Ravens have already stated their demands and what they want. I think if the Jets, you know, if they want to keep trying to get Aaron Rodgers and play this game of if he's coming or not, then okay. If you really are dead set on Aaron Rodgers. But, Lamar Jackson wants to leave right now. He It seems like he doesn't care where he goes at this point. I know. I believe uh, Lamar did say he wanted to play for the New England Patriots, but, I mean, the Jets aren't looking bad either. Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, Lewis, uh, Brees Hall is coming back. They have a great defense with Sauce Gardner, C.J. Mosley, and Quinton. I mean, he's he, that's a set-up team ready for Lamar Jackson to just come in and you know, go to work. It was also reported that Odell Beckham might come to the Jets. He's thinking about maybe going back to New York. There's a lot of potential for the Jets, especially with, you know, they, they just need a quarterback right now to win. Now, with the whole Aaron Rodgers situation, though, it's just making life difficult because he, he keeps saying, I plan and I intend to play for the New York Jets, but will he is another question. And that's what I'm wondering what's going on, which we'll actually we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers after this topic. But Lamar Jackson, that's another team I would honestly consider just because they're, they're ready right now. The Jets are absolutely ready. And as I stated for the New England Patriots, their division's not getting any easier. Well, depending on what New England wants to do quarterback-wise, if they go get Lamar or not, they still have to deal with Josh Allen and the Miami Dolphins. They still got to deal with Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert might get better. I forgot to mention him because, you know, whatever. But... 
that's my thing. They do need a quarterback, and they're only a quarterback away. We saw it. They they were only one quarterback away from probably being an absolute force in the playoffs. And if Brees Hall didn't get hurt. So with that, Lamar Jackson would just help that offense so much, and I would be so terrified to go up against that offense. Like I said, Garrett Wilson, rookie of the uh, offensive rookie of the year, Sauce Garner leading a great defense, Alan Lazard coming in, Lewis at tight end. Now you just put in Lamar Jackson. If I if I'm in that division, I would be terrified because that is one scary team. But it will come down to who's gonna pay Lamar, and I think I think the Jets would fork up some money because they're about to try to get try to get Aaron Rodgers, and who and I believe he said that they're working on pay right now. Which I mean, come on, we got to get this going just so we can you know okay finally he's playing for the Jets and the Jets can move on and we can move on from you know if the Jets should try to go get Lamar Jackson. But those are my top three teams that I believe should go try to get Lamar Jackson. Next topic. Talking about Aaron Rodgers. He intends to play for the Jets, but there has been no reports or no moves whatsoever that he is officially a Jet. And the thing is, is that I believe that they're falling into the same problem as what Green Bay did. The Jets went out and got uh, Lazard, Lewis, and they're trying to get Odell Beckham and then work out a trade for, for Aaron Rodgers. But they're... But they're doing exactly kind of what the Packers did. You know, when Aaron was like, oh, I may retire and go do Jeopardy. And after Jordan Love got drafted and go about it away, you know, go over there and see what I can do. They, what did the Green Bay Packers do? Uh, no, Aaron, please don't leave. Here's $150 million. Don't go. And he came back and played. The, I think this, the Jets are starting to follow into that. They, they're giving him what he wants, but no one said no one has made a deal. No one has done anything. I know the Green Bay Packers are trying to play hardball too to give up Aaron Rodgers, which I don't understand at this point. Just give him up because you're clearly set on starting Jordan Love next season. You clearly don't want Aaron Rodgers there anymore. What's the problem? Let's get the trade going. Like, let's move. If it is about compensation, then that's more of Aaron Rodgers or the Jets trying to figure out how they're going to do pay or whatever else. Because especially if they're trying to meet his, his demands on who he wants coming in. That's just a bigger headache going into the future because you're already having problems with Aaron Rodgers before he's even in the locker room. That's, I believe, is the worst part of it all. There's already the, you know, a big headache and he's not even there. And that's kind of the funny thing I have, you know, think about Aaron Rodgers and I really don't understand, like, how his thinking is. You know, first he says, I don't want attention. I don't want to drag this out. But he drags it out and gets attention. He goes on the Pat McAfee show and says all this stuff like, oh, well... I don't want attention. I don't want to drag this out. I don't like the camera on me, but then, you know, but he wants all the attention at the same time. You know, it doesn't make sense. This kind of reminds me of what happened, you know, with not only just that, but like what happened in Green Bay whenever he, whenever Jordan Love got drafted. He, he kept saying, I'm not upset. I'm not upset, but he was so upset about it. He kept saying like, okay, we drafted a quarterback, fine, whatever. But in reality, he really wasn't because he was contemplating retiring. He was contemplating on going to Jeopardy and host. What did Green Bay do? Here's $150 million. Please stay. And he did. And then he won back-to-back MVPs. And now he won't shut up about winning back-to-back MVPs. See, and this is and this thing is just keeps going. Because now the Jets are starting to kind of do the same thing. Trying to get these players to get him to come in. And then the joke is going to be on everyone else when he doesn't come in. Or if he doesn't come in. And that's going to be even worse. And now it was actually reported 
from the Green Bay general manager, I'm blanking on his name, but it was reported that he could not get in contact with Aaron Rodgers. Again, this is the contradictory thing with Aaron Rodgers because he went on the Pat McAfee show. By the way, big fan of the Pat McAfee show. I don't blame him on any sense of the word here, but Aaron Rodgers went on the Pat McAfee show saying that there was no communication. I wish that we could have worked something out. I wish we would have talked about it with somebody. But then the general manager of the Green Bay Packers says, that's not true. We tried getting a hold of him. And that's what he likes to do. He likes to create the narrative that, oh, I didn't do anything wrong. Oh, I'm not the one that's the problem here. I tried to contact them and nothing happened. But no one asked the question, like, there's no communication. Did the Packers reach out to you? Because that's two different things. Because if him saying there's no communication between uh, between me and the organization, and if they didn't reach out to you, that's I think that's a whole other situation. Because if you mentioned they were not, they're not communicating with me, I have not been reached out. My agent has not been reached out by the general manager of the Green Bay Packers. Then it's like okay, they're done with Aaron Rodgers. They want him out. But if he's saying there's no communication, but the general manager is over here telling everyone. No, we've been trying to contact them, but there's been no contact whatsoever this offseason. I believe they barely got a hold of the agent not that long ago. And then it's like, okay, Aaron, you're you're the one that's making the problem here. Because no one's asking the same no one's asking, I believe, the right question here. Because obviously Pat McAfee just didn't think about it. Like, oh, there's no communication, then that's there's no communication. You know, that's implying that no one has contacted each other. But then it comes out. The Packers have been trying to communicate with Rodgers, but there's no communication from Aaron Rodgers. Now he's the bad guy again. And I'm kind of curious how he's going to get himself out of this one. This situation reminds me of what happened in COVID. Because when COVID happened and they were able to make the the shots to be able to, you know, protect yourself, he kept, he didn't want to take, he did not want to get the, um, the boost or, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on what the shot was called, but he didn't want the COVID shot. But he kept telling people he was immunized. Which is a totally different statement. That's a totally different thing because it turned out he was only doing medicines to fight the to fight COVID nineteen. He wasn't really, you know, he wasn't uh, cleared, and he was not wearing a mask. And guess what? He got sick and he got COVID. And somehow he still played. I felt he should have been suspended for a year because he broke safety protocols, and that was the only way they were trying to get the NFL to go. But he broke it, and because he thinks he's the smartest man in the NFL and on earth. You know, well, nobody nobody said if I was vaccinated. That's the word. Here, There it is. Finally caught it. But he wasn't vaccinated, and no one asked if he was vaccinated. He said he was immunized. No one thought to ask, is that the same thing? Because it isn't. And that's exactly what happened when this is going on. Nobody asked if the Packers contacted me. I just said that there was been no communication. No one thought to ask me those other, you know, no one thought to ask if if they contacted me. And that's what how he is. He tries to cover himself and make him seem like, oh, I'm not the bad guy here. I'm just, you know, do you know, trying to do my thing and go about it and see if I can get this trade to go through. That's not true at all. It just isn't because he doesn't want to talk to the Green Bay Packers because he's still upset about Jordan Love getting drafted. And I feel like that's what it's all about is that he they got his replacement in the first round, which, okay, is that insulting? Yes, I understand that is insulting. And he got two back-to-back MVPs to prove that he's not washed up. Okay, fine. You proved everyone wrong. You're not washed up. Okay, but you're you haven't gone to the Super Bowl. You haven't done anything big. You've gone to the NFC Championship here and there, but only one Super Bowl to, to have. And you were this star-studded MVP quarterback for over a decade with the Green Bay Packers, with not enough to show about it. So, and then he talks hall and mighty about how good he is because he won two MV, back-to-back MVPs. 
No Super Bowls, though. So then I think that's the bigger thing, you know, dealing with Aaron Rodgers and kind of more of where I'm at with it. Because Tom Brady didn't win a lot of MVPs, but guess what? He has a lot of Super Bowl rings to prove that he's, you know, the greatest to play. So with that being said, I think just, I don't, he needs to be transparent with what's going on. Because this isn't a good look for Aaron Rodgers coming out and him, you know, everyone, you know, everyone finding out that he was straight up lying about what's happening. You know, and... You know, who knows what else is going on behind closed doors that none of us know about. All we know is what he is saying and what other insiders are going on about. But would I trust his word on what's going on? I, I don't think so. And I think that's a concern because it's a reputation thing. Yeah, you're a talented quarterback. You've done well. You have a lot of MVPs. You, you, you know, you're great. Whatever. Back-to-backs. But you already, you know, gave everybody a runaround with the vaccination you know, and you basically lying about it and nothing happened. And then now you're saying there's no communication between you and Green Bay, but Green Bay is trying to communicate with you and you're the one not communicating. So now I don't know what's going on and what's true with Aaron Rodgers and how this whole situation is going about. That's why I was saying that I think the Jets should probably look into getting Lamar Jackson because character wise, I don't like Aaron Rodgers. I don't like him, how, how he perceives himself. I don't like how, you know, he kind of shows off talent wise. Great. But Person-wise, in the locker room, I don't know if that's for me. All right, next, everyone. I just want to take a quick break from the podcast to introduce our next sponsor, Goldmine Collectibles. Goldmine Collectibles is a local Lubbock store located right off of 50th Street and University. Goldmine Collectibles sells a variety of things such as Funko Pops, wrestling figures, Pokemon cards, comic books, and more. As an example that I bought from Goldmine Collectibles is this awesome Cody Rhodes Double or Nothing Championship figure that they had in the store and if you guys see the Funko Pops that I have right behind me some of them are actually from Goldmine Collectibles. Ever in the market for Funko Pops, comic books, Pokemon cards, wrestling figures and more. Make sure you guys head on over to Goldmine Collectibles. Thank you guys for sponsoring today's video and now back to the episode. Topic GM for the 49ers says that Brock Purdy is going to be the starter going in the next season. What? I'm shocked but I'm not shocked. I'm not shocked because Brock Purdy for sure deserves to be the starting quarterback. He came in after Trey Young got hurt, or Trey, not Trey Young, Trey Lance. Sorry about that. Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. He came in and went to the playoffs and won a couple playoff games. He's earned it. He has. And if he never hurt his elbow, and in my opinion, the Eagles weren't playing good on that good on offense because the 49er defense was, you know, reluctant. They could have possibly won the game. They honestly could. The only reason why they got blown out is because their defense had to keep going on the field and they ran out of quarterbacks. At some point, Christian McCaffrey had to play quarterback. And if he would have never got hurt and, you know, probably wouldn't have able to move the ball a little bit better, guess what? That's probably a whole different game and we're probably going to see a Chiefs and 49er rematch with Brock Purdy instead of Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, what does this mean for Trey Lance, though? Is their relationship going to get ruined? Here's the thing. And I heard about, and I heard this about, and I kind of like agree with the statement said by Shannon Sharp. Just because we drafted you really high does not necessarily mean we are committed to you because someone came in and took over. Here's some of his thing, accolades for Brock Purdy coming in. He's 7-1, including the playoffs, and he averaged almost 30 points per game when he came in. He was unstoppable. That offense was really good. When they brought in Christian McCaffrey also to help out. But that offense was really dominant. Whenever Brock Purdy came in and took over. When Trey Lance got hurt and Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. 
In comes Brock Purdy. In comes Christian McCaffrey. Boom. This offense took off. And they averaged about 30-plus points. When Trey Lance was there, they weren't even close. Whenever I saw Trey Lance play, it was like, I mean, he's good and all. He's athletic. But nothing really, you know, comes off the screen and says, hey, I'm Trey Lance, you know? And that was kind of my, that's kind of my thing. And that's why I understand that maybe Trey Lance isn't going to start. Now, what I mean by not committing, it is true. You don't have to commit to your first round pick. Just because they gave up all the draft capital for you doesn't necessarily mean they have to, you know, strictly go with you every single year. Because clearly his replacement came in a lot earlier and a lot cheaper than, you know, how much he's producing. And the worst part is, is that he hasn't done enough to even try to show that he can compete with Brock Purdy, if that makes sense. He didn't finish his last uh, couple seasons he played. He never finished. And he's been injured. That's why they kept Jimmy Garoppolo around. Because they knew if Trey Lance gets hurt, because he's a little uh, injury prone, Jimmy Garoppolo could at least come in and manage the game and get him some wins, be a winner. But now Brock Purdy came in. He can elevate, you know, he elevated that offense to even higher than Jimmy Garoppolo did. And then Trey Lance is always hurt. So now they found a suitable replacement because Brock Purdy never got hurt up until the playoff game. So now they don't have to commit to Trey Lance. They don't have to always, they don't have to be obligated to you. A great way to kind of go about this is just because you're a great worker at your job, you know, and you were on all these recommendations, you know, you, you know, you do a good enough job, but say someone else comes in that kind of, you know, grinded, worked his way up a little bit, outworks you. That doesn't mean that company has to stick with you because now they just found someone that can come in and picked up everything a lot quicker, does a better job than you did. And you had all these recommendations. You had all, you know, great, great, you know, good grades in college, you know, top recommendations, you know, but this other person came in, you know, maybe they had to work a side job. They couldn't focus in school as much. Maybe they had to work two side jobs in college. They still got a good degree and they, you know, got higher grades than you did and just the same recommendations. And, you know, but maybe they were a little bit of a last second choice or, you know what, we'll bring him in, you know, intern, see what he can do. And the intern came in and blew everyone out of the water because he excelled expectations of what he was he or she or whoever had to do over the person that they hired immediately on the spot. In theory, is supposed to be doing as good as this intern. But the intern comes in and blows everyone out of the water and makes the person that they hired doesn't look that valuable anymore. Guess what? The company does not have to sit there and say, hey, you know yeah, the intern's doing great, but, you know, we're going to commit to you because we kind of hired you first. They don't have to do that. They can just say, hey, I'm sorry, uh, sir, ma'am, whoever. I'm sorry. Thank you for your time and your services, but we're going to go in another direction. That's just how life works. And that's exactly how the NFL works. As Tony Robo says, it's a bureaucracy. You know, you work hard, you will get it in return, and you work hard, you will move up. And that's exactly what Brock Purdy did. He worked hard, he came in as Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick of the draft, and took over. And now, he has shined. And I think that's definitely going to help him in this case. And I, everyone wants him there. The locker room wants him to start. The Kyle Shanahan wants him to start. The GM uh, for the 49ers wants him to start. So, writing's on the wall. He's got to start. So, I'm very happy that Brock Purdy is going to start. I think they're going to get a lot farther with Brock Purdy than they probably did with Trey Lance, especially since Trey Lance can't be healthy. And even like if you take it back to their college days, he uh, Brock Purdy played about 40 games for Iowa State. Trey Lance only played 19 in about like subdivision one FC, uh, F FCS football or whatever he did. 
He went under, I believe he didn't throw any interceptions, but Brock Purdy played in more games. Brock Purdy went up against Big 12 talent. I know that's not the SEC or the Big 10, but Big 12 ain't so bad, because especially since they got to play Texas and Oklahoma, well, not anymore after next year, but you guys get what I mean. When you go up against, you know, teams that are a little bit lesser, have lesser talent, maybe not as good, you know, it's it's kind of hard. Even like when he got drafted, I was a little reluctant about him coming in because I was thinking he hasn't played top teams. You know, he played in subdivision one, borderline division two, and just because he threw no interceptions and played only 19 games. Now, you know, kind of built wise, Trey Lance is, you know, bigger, stronger, faster, but playing quarterback, I think Brock Purdy is good at playing quarterback and he should be the future for the 49ers they already shipped jimmy garoppolo because you know kyle shanahan jimmy's relationship just blew up there's no point in keeping him anymore trey lance can never stay healthy now let's move on to brock purdy who i think they're probably gonna they probably saved a lot of money on because he was the last pick in the draft and you know sometimes you kind of have to bite something you know bite something on the you know bite something you know bite the bullet on some things but with Brock Purdy coming in, I think they bit the bullet on Trey Lance, but they also hit a home run with Brock Purdy. So I'm very happy for Brock Purdy for getting the starting job, and we'll go about it that way. All right, last topic for the day. We got to talk about my Dallas Cowboys. Ezekiel Elliott got cut, but now it has been reported that Jerry Jones possibly wants him back. What do I think about Ezekiel Elliott possibly making a comeback. Well, first of all, his number's gone, so he has to be another 21, which actually we'll talk about that after this. And I don't know because they already got Ronald Jones to come back. I believe they re-signed a third string running back and Tony Pollard's going to get the touches. I don't know about bringing him back. I, I really don't because if you try to bring him back, you know, he has to take a lesser, a less, he has to take less money. Like hands down, he has to take less money. Now, I know that there was a lot of like, backlash from Cowboys uh, Cowboys Nation. I know Dak Prescott was very upset that he got cut. You know, the locker room was upset. I know they did a lot of like, thank you video montages from the Cowboys organization. Thank you posts. They were showing highlights. Poor, poor guy. His jersey's already on sale. Whenever I visited the store, they already put him in the clearance section. You know, they didn't even give him a couple days. They already put him there. I thought that was crazy. But regardless of anything, the I don't know if we should bring him back just because we already signed Ronald Jones to come in, Rojo. He's coming in. They already re-signed the third-string uh, running back, and Tony Pollard is probably going to get the majority of the touches. And they're trying to probably work out something with Tony Pollard going into the future. Bringing Zeke in, I I, I don't know what's that what's that going to do. I'm not even sure if he's going to play. He may be the third-string running back, if anything, or he may try to compete with Ronald Jones. Now... Locker room-wise, everyone in that Dallas Cowboys locker room loves Ezekiel Elliott. You know, they saw him as a leader. You know, he did great. You know, all this other stuff. You know, like I said, Dak has a great relationship with him. But play-wise, I'd still take Tony Pollard. I think Tony Pollard is going to be, you know, better uh, in the long run. You know, he's a bit, you know, he's a speedster. And kind of what got brought up was, you know, Tony avoids, you know, tackles. He runs out of balance. He tries not to take necessary hits. Ezekiel Elliott runs into contact, and that's exactly why his career got cut short. And there has been no interest in Ezekiel Elliott. I know he said his teams were like the Eagles and the Bengals and someone else. And the Eagles said, we're good. The Bengals said that they're good, even though they got rid of, even though uh, P. Ryan walked in free agency. They're still going to be good with Joe Mixon. I don't think they'll bring him in for running back two. So I, it's just, I don't think there's a lot of demand for Ezekiel Elliott. So now that there's no demand, 
I don't know if Jerry Jones, he may have a soft spot for Ezekiel Elliott and bring him in, but I don't know what he's going to do, if that makes sense. I don't know if he's going to be third string, try to play for second string, but, you know, at the end of the day, I think they're committed to Tony Pollard, and they're going to go about it that way. Now, what I wanted to talk about is apparently somebody had a problem with uh, Stephon Gilmore uh, getting number 21 for corner. I don't think it's that big of an issue because they were thinking, well, isn't that kind of disrespectful because that was Ezekiel Elliott's number? I, I don't think so because when I think 21 for Dallas Cowboys, I think Deion Sanders when he was 21. And I believe that's what Gilmore said. Uh, Gilly, he said because of Dion, you know, he went with 21, which makes sense. But it's just a number in my opinion. Like there's there, nobody should look deep into it. You know, the number's available, and that was it, you know? And still, when I think 21 for Dallas Cowboys, I don't think Ezekiel Elliott first. Like, I'm sorry, I don't. I think Deion Sanders. I think of primetime. He's 21, you know, for the Dallas Cowboys. That's what my head goes to. He was 21 in Atlanta. You know, all the teams, wherever he played, he was 21. And that's that's who I think of when I think Cowboys 21. Dion, not Ezekiel Elliott. So I don't think there's really a problem with that. Now, people that are having issues with it, I think are just kind of upset that, you know, Zeke got cut and go about it that route. But I think everyone's going to get over this, you know, in the long run, in my opinion. You know, I don't think there's really any issue. And if you're a fan and you don't want to buy another jersey, you can always keep your Zeke one and get duct tape, put it over your back, and put Gilmore. So that's always an option for everybody. But thank you guys so much for tuning in this this episode will be up on spotify youtube and amazon music make sure you guys follow me on all of my social media platforms facebook twitter instagram tiktok at cav sports or cav sports podcast but thank you guys for tuning in and i'll catch you on the next episode